Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, and Joey Wagner here to recap a win, boys. Illinois wins at home. They correct a couple things today. They win at home. Um, they get off to a good start, and we'll talk about the change that we talked about the last time, uh, that uh, they needed a change to the starting lineup, and they make that with Jacob Grandison here. But everything's fixed, right? 79-65, Illinois is back. Illinois is going to run through roughshod. No, we know that's not the case, and there were some issues in this game, uh, but Illinois did step on the gas early. They got a big, huge lead in the first half, and they kind of coast to a victory here. But Derek, I'll start off with you. Jacob Grandison into the lineup, something different, and Grandison certainly sparked them, uh, had energy on the glass, was fantastic uh, passing the ball against Penn State zone in that pinch post area. Didn't end up with a huge stat line, played 14 minutes, had a little bit of a shoulder injury, but three points, four rebounds, three assists, but the most important stat is uh, Illinois got off to a 13-5 lead. Even though Penn State you know, came back and made a bunch of threes to tie it up, it was so important for Illinois not to dig itself a hole. Why do you think Jacob Grandison was the guy there, and, and why do you think he sparked him? Yeah, I think especially when you look at the way that Penn State came out in zone, it made sense to kind of have him there in that pinch post near the free throw line and making decisions. You know that as he got recruited to come to Illinois, something that Brad really fell in love with was just his basketball IQ and his vision and uh, ability to make plays. He was able to feed high-low down to Kofi. And like you said, right off the bat, first two of the first couple of possessions, created a second-chance opportunity, got fouled going the glass one time, and then got an got a offensive rebound on his own. So uh, Jake has played well. He's brought a lot of energy. And, and to sub him in for DeMonte, DeMonte's had some really slow starts here the last two games, and some of these defensive mistakes have been on him. And you wonder about his ankle and, and how healthy he is. That's, that's part of it. But, uh, you know, Jake's plus 18 in, in his 14 minutes. We can talk a little bit about maybe the shoulder being injured at some point in the second half. But I, I liked what he was able to bring. And uh, as Brad mentioned in the post game, allowed DeMonte to play kind of more on the perimeter as they played Coleman Hawkins quite a bit and uh, gave Illinois more length overall. Yeah, I was about to ask Joey, like that, that had like a, a domino effect of how Brad played the rest of his team. What did you think about Jake and just the entire impact on Brad Underwood's rotation? Well, I mean, we saw more Coleman Hawkins, right? And for the longest time, a couple weeks stretch, it'd be one or the other, it seemed like. And one would come in and Jake had a couple games where he really got going. No, we didn't see him, and we saw more of Coleman. So I think to Derek's point is there is a lot more length they're able to do, and they have DeMonte out there. And DeMonte has had really good games in the post defensively. I and mean, we've seen it last year. We've seen it stretches this year. But it, like Derek said, maybe it's the ankle. We don't know, but it just hasn't quite been there yet. But just that length. I mean, Brad's talked for since he's been here about how he values that length and to jump and pass and get those arms everywhere. Well, this allows it. Coleman's a really long kid, and Brad – Probably more tonight than we've heard in a while. Certainly wasn't new, but he was really, really effusive in his praise of Coleman Hawkins. And that not that it was particularly surprising because he recruited him here for a reason. He's spoken really highly of him. But I think we're going to start to see more of him. And now it doesn't quite feel as much as the one or the other of him and Grandison. It feels like maybe there's a way they can work this together with both. Yeah, and the one thing about both those guys is they are very good passers, uh, especially for their length. And they just give Illinois a different, like, launch point to get the ball to Kofi. It's a little bit easier for those guys to have to loft it up in the air that they can uh, kind of get it to Kofi a little bit easier. And Kofi, again, is the star of the game here. Uh, and, and I don't know if, if we're appreciating it enough. And I kind of want to go like a hot take topic here of 
who's the bigger Big Ten player of the year candidate for Illinois? Is it Kofi or is it Io? Because Kofi's starting to do that. In the Big Ten play, he and Io had the same amount of points per game at 19.7. And then Kofi's, I think, leading the Big Ten in rebounds, I believe, uh, at 11.4. But he has 21 points tonight, 12 rebounds, four blocks. Coleman Hawkins had three blocks, so they dominated Penn State in the paint there, at least uh, at the rim, stopping them. And Kofi also steps up and hits free throws tonight. Nine of 13 from the free throw line, which obviously had been an issue for him coming into this game. So he's looked as confident. Um, it seems like he's flipped a switch here, Derek. I know some there's been struggles with other guys. Maybe he, he fumbles a couple, but even with a couple of these losses, Kofi Coburn has been has taken his game up a notch. What, what have you thought about his growth and just the season he is putting together because we are focused on Iowa and Iowa has been fantastic through most of the year, but uh, Kofi, this last stretch of games has just been um, elite really. Might have to do some investigative reporting and see what the conversations are like between him and Orlando Antigua after the Missouri game because non-conference he was struggling and not playing up to his potential and really in Big Ten play. He goes 6-10 for night tonight and that's going to knock down his 74% field goal percentage in the Big Ten. His touch, right hook, drop step, left hand. He's, he's got both of them working right now uh, and just has a confidence about him in the post and uh, just a lot of efficiency. And yeah, when he can add the the free throw, uh, you know, to that and then go on the glass for a casual 12 rebounds. I know Penn State, they didn't have the size to bother him. The first meeting, this meeting, you knew that there are a couple of teams in the league and Penn State's one of them that, you know, their tallest guy, six foot eight, six foot nine. Uh, that's going to be a big time mismatch to then add four blocks and, and really make it a two-way impact. And he's, he's done a pretty good job defensively for the most part here in the Big Ten, but uh, the rim protection is really encouraging. Uh, we'll have to check on one of those cardboard cutouts. Might have gotten a head blown off there. But, uh, yeah, his dominance, six straight games in the Big Ten with a double-double, uh, lead, nation leading 11 now on the season. That's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and back to the passing here, Joey. Um, Jacob Granson Hawkins, I think, helped that. Iowa was pretty good with it tonight, but just – so many extra passes tonight that got Illinois some open shots. And they ended up going just 7 for 23 from 3. But they had 18 assists on 26 field goals. I thought they missed a bunch of open threes tonight. Um, that's what Brad loves about this team is its passing ability. And, and you could see offensively, uh, there just weren't much dribbling around tonight. I thought that was really important to see. Yeah, there were stretches where it was like Golden State Warriors asking their peak where the ball moved like the length of the court and it hit the ground twice. And, and it was really the way that they did that, it opened up so much. Brad's talked a lot about hockey assists and the value that those have. And, I mean, there's 18 actual assists, but there's got to be a ton of those kind of mixed in there. It's just comfortable. Kofi passed out of the post a few times. That, to me, felt like a really big development because – everybody's sending everyone they have at the guy to stop him and there are capable shooters around him and if he can do that more consistently on point and with confidence I mean that that kind of unlocks quite a bit more then you mix in the Grandison and the Hawkins and now suddenly that thing moves around and you know we asked Brad a couple weeks ago why is your team offensively so high so we pass the ball and you know they're not leading the Big Ten in assists but just those movements just open up a little thing. And they're smart guys. They know when to take advantage of just those one or two subtle plays and attack. You mentioned the, the Grandison injury. Not not sure how big of, of an injury that is. Um, Derek, I'll, I'll turn to you for that. But, like, you know, Trent Frazier, two games ago, guys, we thought might have a serious injury. And then tonight, 
He makes three threes in the first half. He has three steals, plays fantastic defense. DeMonte's been a little bit nicked up. I mean, it's, we've, I've seen a lot of other teams that have had more serious injuries, so everybody's dealing with some things here right now. But I think Trent, I, I don't want to overlook that two games ago, I thought he could be out for a while, and he had a big role in getting off to that great start. I thought he was one of the most consistent guys on the court for 40 minutes tonight, and he he played uh, 33 minutes tonight, which was a, a team high. So that tells you how much Brad Underwood thought of him out there. But, uh, you know, they got a little bit nicked up here, Derek. But all those guys, you know, DeMonte, uh, you know, Trent Frazier and uh, Grandison all played really pretty well tonight. They did, yeah. And, and Trent, to be able to have that start shooting the ball it was really important. And you know that... You know, when, when Trent's operating at his high, highest ability offensively, he's, a, he's definitely a zone buster, and, and he's able to knock down those shots. And I liked his aggressiveness and ability to look for it early on. He gives you three steals. Uh, I know Myron Jones, who he was matched up on uh, for a good while, had 20 points, but that's kind of what Myron Jones does, and, and that's uh, a guy that's going to score it uh, anyway. So uh, for Trent to step up and, and be able to do that was good to see. Grandison, you hope that it's still uh, that it's something minor, which it, it probably was. He played seven minutes in the second half. We'll have to see more about that. But DeMonte's been battling with the ankle for a while, and he's toughed it out. He's got it out. And, and just to, to not have anything too serious, I know that well, we can say that, and we're, you're missing Austin Hutcherson, which is a big deal, and, and Benjamin Bossman's Redonk hasn't really given you anything. Can we say that when he doesn't get in more than a minute and 15 in this kind of game, those who say he's the answer at the forge, it's just not. It's not. What? What, Derek? He's going to change everything for them. It's not happening this season. It's not. Yeah, I get it. You haven't seen him. He's the shiny toy. He looks good in a jersey, right? But, like, it's too late in the season. Like, I don't think, you know, he's the kind of talent, and Brad would put him in if he were some elite talent that could change their season. I don't think that's the case. I think what you saw tonight, tweaking the lineups to Grandison and Hawkins and more, guys who have played, guys who have earned that playing time, um, guys that just really are probably in game shape, right? Like Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk, I don't think it's fair to think that. All right, guys, they get a needed win. Uh, and Illinois can kind of reset here. It's It could be a long wait. Maybe Illinois could reschedule. We'll talk about that coming up. But I also want to talk about how good do you actually feel after this one. We'll do that next on the Online Enquirer podcast. So I think anybody would have just taken a win. This was a comfortable win. This was never really in doubt. But Illinois did let up here a little bit, right? It was 41-23, and it felt like Illinois was just going to blow the doors open. I thought they missed some great opportunities. Iowa had a couple open threes at one point uh, to kind of put this away and maybe get to a 30-point game. But it never, you know, it was always between like 12 and 20 in that second half, and it felt like Illinois just kind of let up, let off the gas a little bit. And Penn State just wasn't good enough to kind of get back into that game. So, well, I think you feel good about getting a win coming out with a better start, Derek, how much better do you feel after this game against an 0-5 Penn State team that just, frankly, it's going to be them in Nebraska, it looks like, at the bottom of this big time? Yeah, I don't think that all of the, the questions that came from the two losses during this homestand were answered, and they weren't going to be. Even if you beat Penn State by 30 and, and you did everything right and didn't have the turnovers, didn't allow Penn State to get 16 rebounds, you would still wonder, okay, it's Penn State. They're, they're winless in the Big Ten. They're going to be one of the worst, you know, the bottom-level teams as far as defensively what they are able to do. So, uh, But the fact that they didn't 
turn it into a 20, 20 plus point win there in the second half. And then they, they did get a little sloppy. They did let Penn State get on the glass. It's a little concerning. And, and Illinois could have shot the three better uh, than they did tonight. But uh, overall, I, I think it was a nice bounce back. But you're still going to wonder. You're still going to need to see it. If I was the next opponent, then you're going to go in wondering, wondering if this team is at that level. Because overall, you go one and two, Maryland, Ohio State, Penn State. You did what you're supposed to do tonight, but there, there's still some wonder about Illinois being at that that level that's at the top echelon of the Big Ten. Yeah, they certainly took care of the start. We'll see if that carries over to the next game, Joey, which we think could be Iowa, which is nine days away. But um, Brad Underwood said after the game, they're aggressively looking for a non-conference opponent. We don't know what that could look like, but I do think Illinois would love to have another game and not be too rusty or not out of a rhythm uh, coming in against Iowa, which it's a shame there's not going to be fans here. There are 148 people in attendance today. Um, but that's going to be a game you have to gear up for. It's a, it's a different level, and Illinois has to be completely locked in defensively. But I do think Brad would like to get a game against anyone at this point just to get more into a rhythm and feeling more confident going into a game that, frankly, I know it's still a lot of time left, but if Illinois is going to get back into the Big Ten title race, actual contend, they got to beat Iowa here. Yeah, I mean that's a big game optically too, right? I mean this was such a this this has really kind of bubbled back into that that rivalry, and, and there's obviously such big implications in the standings. I was really kind of surprised to hear Brad say they were aggressively pursuing what's going to be a non-conference game because the Big Ten it doesn't sound like they're, they're going to shuffle around and and push either a game up or, or plug a game into that gap. Because I, I kind of got the vibe from Brad as that non-conference season ended with, I think it was Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. It was like, hey, great. We are out of here. We're all on the same page now. What a breath of fresh air. There's one more thing we can control more a little bit. I mean, you can't really control anything with, with COVID right now. But that, I, you know, I kind of got the vibe from him. Like, hey, all right, let's, let's get going here with this blanket rule. So when he said that, I think maybe that, that to me says, you know, I don't want to say urgency to play another game, but that's kind of where the season is, where you're willing to, you know, maybe jump at a chance that I, maybe a month ago he's not saying that, right? I mean, but th that's maybe where they're at, and especially with that next game being Iowa of all the teams. Yeah, I think his mind has been changed because he lost the Nebraska game, right? And you'd feel better about having another conference win going in there. Then he was Michigan State, which I think Illinois is better than them. Uh, but to go on the road and play Tom Izzo's team, play that toughness, I think he would have felt better going against Iowa. I don't know, Derek, who this could be uh, if they try to schedule. But I do think the way his team has played the last couple weeks – Right, his or at least the two games before this probably sparked him to want this game more. How bad do you think they need another opponent before Iowa? Ten days is too long. Ten days is too long as far as getting out of a rhythm and then trying to go into that big of a game. I think that they, as he said, should be aggressive and trying to find somebody, and they're not going to sacrifice a risk of protocol or a risk of playing someone that they might feel could could you know exploit what they've done as far as the you know, the, the measures to go against getting COVID-19 and everything like that. So we'll see. It's complicated because most conferences, you're looking at a non-con, they're going to have a conference game most likely over the weekend. Uh, it's also interesting because Iowa has a game Thursday against Indiana, then they don't play again until Illinois. So that's more than a week off uh, in between there. I'm kind of surprised the Big Ten isn't helping a team out like Iowa or a team out like Illinois by either moving that game up or shuffling some things, things around. So without that being there, I, 
think it makes a lot of sense to try to get a game in there, even if it is just against a lower level team. Yeah, I, I was thinking maybe Nebraska could come back if they're if they you know get through all their COVID tests. I know Hoiberg tested positive, and they've had and, and of course he's had heart issues, which is always a concern with all this. So I thought maybe they could move up, but Brad sounded like you know Big Ten might not do that. So I mean Penn State's going through four games in seven days right now. Um, so at some point Illinois might have a really really condensed schedule uh, coming up here soon. But that just means guys, we got to wait for a press release or a tweet. And uh, my wife keeps asking me, can we do something with your brother and, you know, our sister-in-law coming up? And I said, well, just don't do it Sunday. So don't schedule a game on Sunday because Joey Wagner's got to watch his Packers try to make a Super Bowl for the first time in way too long with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. Well, listen, Brad's got his Chiefs playing on Sunday too here. And I'm not saying that's going to drive any decisions, but I hope it does. I mean, I, I'm ready to be broken. On Sunday, it's been too long since since this and, and last year's NFC Championship game crushed me in every way, and I'm I'm ready to go through it again. Man, I would love to be hurt like that, Derek. Wouldn't you? I mean, like it is it is a ridiculous. My wife was sitting there asking me like, who's in these championship games? And I was like, oh, the Packers. And she's like, when's the last time the Packers were in a Super Bowl? I said, I think 2010, right? That was the year I think. And she goes, well, that's way too long with Aaron Rodgers, right? And I'm like. Yeah, that's why they waited far too long uh, to fire somebody. But, uh, Derek, you and I are not um, feeling sorry for Joey if the Packers lose. But, personally, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers back in the Super Bowl because I love watching Aaron Rodgers. And who doesn't want the Bills to get to a Super Bowl? I mean, they are so easy to root for. But who you got, Derek, as we wrap this uh, podcast up? I'm just excited. We have four teams, any matchup. I, I, I would look forward to that. I'm also thinking – Forward thinking in that don't reschedule a game on Super Bowl Sunday. Can we just co-sign on that as well, as well and we'll keep Joey uh, free on that one. I'll say I've been riding with the Bucks here recently, but I'm going with the Packers. I think it's going to be Packers-Chiefs, and, and we'll get Rodgers-Mahomes, which we uh, haven't gotten to see. I'm going to go Packers-Bills. I'm riding the Bills. The Chiefs haven't been as good here lately, and the Bills have been smoking people. I, I think the Bills are – underrated talent-wise throughout that roster. Uh, and, uh, you know, the whole thing, their defense is great. Stephon Diggs is on one hell of a tear. And Josh Allen, can we, the Bears just get a quarterback like Josh Allen? I'll take that. Uh, it doesn't need to be Aaron Rodgers. But, Joey, are you picking your Packers? Are, are you taking them in the Super Bowl? I, I'm going to pick them to go. And, I, again, I will be not well if they don't. But I think it's going to be Packers-Chiefs. I mean, the, the Bills are really, really good. I'm assuming Mahomes plays. And Mahomes is Mahomes. And then you get Nick Allegretti and Luke Buckus get to hang out pregame Super Bowl, man. What a, what a reunion. What a way to bring that storyline back into it. And that means you get to do the interview request for Luke Buckus, and I'm sure he'll respond right away. I will, uh, I will be on bicycle outside of Lambeau Field ready to get this thing taken care of. All right, well, I'll do it here for the Illini Enquirer podcast, wrapping up about 11.30 here at State Farm Center as Illinois defeats Penn State 79 to 65. Love more. I got player grades coming up. Joey and Derek will have pieces coming up as well. As always, appreciate you listening to the Online Enquirer podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get us. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.